Hello everyone, and welcome to what we might call episode 5 of this audio space that seeks to keep conversations about the American Educational Studies Association, ASA, going throughout the year. My name is Tim Monreal, and I am the Communications Chair of ASA. I am also an Assistant Professor of Learning and Instruction at the University at Buffalo. In this episode, we have a short conversation with Dormitria Robinson-Thompson, who is originally from the Washington, D.C. area, but has lived in Dayton, or the Dayton area, since 2009. She earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater from Howard University and a Master's in Divinity from Wesley Theological Seminary. She is currently pursuing her Ph.D. in Educational Leadership from Miami University, located in Oxford, Ohio. She has performed extensively in regional theater, national tours, internationally, as well as some TV and video work. She is an ordained American Baptist USA minister and has done mission work in the United States as well as in Kenya. She currently serves as the out-of-time or out-of-school-time director at Omega Community Development Corporation. With more than 20 years' experience in the K-8 through educational space, Dormitria has become an expert in the after-school and summer programming fields. Additionally, Dormitria has an extensive background as a conference presenter, facilitator, and panelist. Dormitria's research interests include critical race feminisms, educational policy, and the intersections of gender, race, religion, and the performing arts. Dormitria is married and has two bonus children along with her dog. I really enjoyed talking to Dormitria, and I think she gets at what makes AESA a special place for both a special and inclusive space for both faculty for graduate students as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to learn more about you and your work, and hopefully the membership is as well. Uh, could you please introduce yourself, uh, give us an idea of your academic interests, and then how long you've been connected to ASA? Awesome. Thank you so much, Timothy. So glad to be with the AESA family. Um, my name is Dormitria Robinson-Thompson. I am currently a second-year PhD student at Miami University in the Educational Leadership Department. Um, in terms of my research interest, I'm really interested in critical race feminism. Um, and I also, being a, uh, a longtime classroom educator, I'm very much interested in the K-12 space, specifically, I really can't talk, um, middle school. Um, I'm currently the director of an after-school um, program that I created from the ground up called Scholars of Hope after school program. Um, and so really interested um, in the after school space as well as critical race feminism. But the high focus in on middle school black girls. Yes. And uh, we were we were kind of reminiscing before we were recording about um, our love of middle school. And, and it's so great to have a fellow middle school teacher in the house. Um, Yes, and they're, you know, middle schoolers are, they're uh, misunderstood. It's a quirky group. Uh, most of my experience in terms of teaching was the K-6 space, um, but uh, because our program goes up to K-8, um, and I, you know, I have done some work previously in that middle school um, space as well, but, you know, middle schools are, they're a little quirky and misunderstood, but definitely need um, the right kind of people and the right kind of opportunities 
um, and their voice really does matter. So, yes, most definitely. Well, um, at the 2022 uh, annual meeting in Pittsburgh, uh, you presented an alternative session titled I Am Enough, I Am Hope. Um, and I got to see a little bit of that in a video, but we would love for you to share more about the session and really the project as a whole. Yeah, so I wanted to be able to um, be creative because that's also who I am. I have a background in theater as well. Um, and so the piece um, is an was an opportunity for um, our scholars, I call our student scholars, because I believe that that's exactly what they are, um, to get a chance to express themselves, to get a chance to um, talk about their similarities and their differences. Now, I did write what they actually presented, um, but it was an opportunity for them to kind of put their, their own personality to it as well. Um, when, before Scholars of Hope After School program started, um, it was like starting a school. And one of the things that I want to make sure that our scholars had was a positive um, pledge. And so I created the scholar pledge, which is also part of the presentation that you um, got a chance to see, um, because I believe that there's so much power in what we say about ourselves and um, self and just agency and self-awareness and positive things. And it was so interesting because I had so many of my staff, my adult staff, that they themselves had pledges when they were growing up and they were, and now they still remember them. And so I know that that those, those positive seeds of just saying a positive pledge every single day over yourself is powerful. And so when I saw the opportunity to do um, a session, I was like, I'm going to do this piece that I created called I Am Enough, I Am Hope. And it's inspired the book from um, uh, Grace Byers' book, I Am Enough. Um, and it really is about uplifting scholars, but especially BIPOC scholars. It's um, school age platform in the, in the project. It's multimedia. There's the recitation of um, the Scholar Pledge. Um, it also includes parts of Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is deeply rooted in the modern civil rights movement. Um, and it cultivates excitement for not just reading, but also for the arts. Um, the piece empowers and inspires and it celebrates every scholar's um, voice, um, as well as giving them a chance to be their own little quirky little selves. Um, it does include movement. One of the funny things in there is that um, I too, when it says I like to dance, and they're, you know, again, that wasn't choreographed. They danced however they wanted to do. And I had one scholar who she literally just went around a circle like three times. And I said, well, okay, that's your version of dancing, but she's also really quiet. So again, even how they express their parts of dance tied into their personality, uh, which is really, really kind of cool. Um, and so hope stands for healthy, optimistic, prepared, and educated. So again, that is the acronym for after school program. And those are all different tenets that are in that particular piece about what it is to have hope. Um, yeah, and so it's also, like I said, also connected into um, critical rest, uh, culturally responsive pedagogy, 
um, would be the theoretical framework for the piece. Um, and again, it just starts out talking about, I too have dreams. I too cry. I too, you know, have different dreams, aspirations. And at the same time, tying back into that civil rights movement, when we talk about core and SNCC, right? Every powerful move in our society, not just in America, but think about even Tiananmen Square has been because of the radical voices and actions of young people. And so there's this line mm -hmm. that says, some people may say, I'm too young to advocate, serve, speak out and speak up. And then the next part says, but I say, I can do whatever, you know, um, there's these things that I can do even as a young person. Um, and it's also tied into, we are um, very much involved with the um, Children's Defense Fund's Freedom School Movement. And so there's a part in the video um, that they actually um, sing something inside so strong. And there's movements that go with that, um, which is another part of what we do in our after school, as well as in our freedom school movement program in the summer as well. So just really was intentional to provide a platform for them to share with you all. They were very excited, by the way. They knew that I was going to this conference. They were excited that their voices, that their presentation was going to be seen by all of these adults. Um, and so they were really excited to see the final product of what they came up with. So that's the premise um, in a basic overview of the of the presentation. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, and, you know, one of the kind of follow-up questions that I would love to ask is, I think what is phenomenal, phenomenal about pieces and work like your own is how you're able to really tie together right theory with praxis right you're able to really put into action the the work and the theoretical framing of right black feminist thought black radical thought um, as well as culturally responsive pedagogy and so could you just kind of speak a little bit about how how you are able or or why it's important for you to kind of take you know what is oftentimes relegated to theoretical to, to into the into the school spaces. Yes, um, you know one of the things I always say is education is political. Mm -hmm. So therefore, cultural responsive pedagogies. Guess what? It's also political, and I think it's so easy for people to stay in their little silos of um, academia or I'm a practitioner, and my real goal is to bridge the gap of both because one is just as important as the other. And also letting our young people know that it's okay to be a radical transformer, even in your own space, in your own voice, and also giving educators the okay to do that. I know um, that, uh, you know, we, we, this whole uproar about critical race theory and and it's interesting uh, you know a lot of people don't really understand it you know people are like oh no we can't we can't talk about crt um because it's just our kids shouldn't feel shamed or whatever and that's that's not even really what it's about it's just about speaking truth to power and giving people access and opportunity to hear voices that have been marginalized for far too long and the perspectives a lot of times have been twisted and haven't um, been truthful, honestly. And so um, I, I really pray 
that I am will always um, give space for young people to not rely on um, data sets or secondary resources. I really want to be able to, with my work, to have them express themselves in the data, in the analysis from their voices. I think it's super important. Um, so I think this definitely comes through, you know, across our chat today, but you know, could could you just tell us why, you know, you presented this work at ASA and why you think that this particular work just really fits with the organization and or is important to the organization? Yeah, I think this is my first year. Like I said, I decided I'm a part-time student because um, I also have a full-time, full-time job. Um, and But I made a decision when I started, before I even started uh, my PhD journey, to be as engaged and intentional as possible. And I'm really grateful for my former advisor who's now moved on from Miami, um, Dr. Brittany Aronson, um, who um, gave me the information about AESA um, and suggested that I submit a proposal. Um, and I said, you know what, why not? So first year PhD scholar and my first time doing ever applying for academic conference and um, and just, I went for it. And having been there, um, I loved how free it was. Um, it wasn't a presumption, you know, pretentious um crowd which was really kind of cool um very warm very um welcoming um which i think is really important it's a really great space for everyone but i would say of course just in my where i am currently as a as a going through a phd program i think it's a great opportunity and i encourage other phd students to apply um, to present your work, whatever it is, whatever the format may be, because it's a great chance for you not only to, to meet other, um, other academics, but also a chance for you just to experience what it's like to present um, at a conference that's warm and welcoming and open. So I'm really glad I did it. I'm really I'm glad I, I've done it and looking forward to do additional things. So, I mean, in a nutshell, I think that you really hit on what we pride ourselves as an organization, um, but also the purpose of, you know, kind of these conversations and podcasts is an opportunity to share, right, each other's work and, and an, an opportunity to really encourage others, right, to, to talk about and to um, apply uh, their work. Um, so, you know, I'm excited, obviously, for 2023 and whatever you have up your sleeves for Louisville, but I always like to give, you know, the guests any final words or concluding thoughts. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, and I'll kind of let you have the last word. Oh, sure. Thank you so much. I just, um, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to be um, with the AESA family today. I I'm just so honored to be able to do this work. Um, I take it very seriously. Um, I really believe in our young people. I really honestly do. And I think that um, they have a lot to say and to share. Um, and I just look forward to being able to, no matter where I am, what platform is before me, that I will get, be able to um, share, to share in whatever ways that I can. 
Thank you so much. <laughs>